0: May the 4th be with you! Uh,
1: no. Uh, we kinda missed it.
0: Oh, shit. Um, well... The Revenge of the 5th!
1: We missed that one, too. Revenge of the 6th? Yep.
0: We missed that, too. Shit. Uh, let the 8th flow through you? Does that work? Ghouls. (laughs) Good. <laughs>
1: Jedi Dropouts, where we like to keep it more geekly than weekly. I'm here with a man who has the wisdom of Yoda, the poise of Mace Windu, and the head tentacle thingies of Kit Fisto, Ryan Taylor.
0: <laughs> and here with me as always, my friend and co-host, always ready for a force choke, you know, if that happens to be your kink, so long as you bend over and show him your dark side first, Mr. James Moss.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. (laughs) You said "poise" and then I followed it with that. I don't know. I might've proved you wrong there. Uh, if If you didn't guess already, we're finally fucking doing Star Wars. Yeah. We've only been trying to do this for a year.
1: Yeah, I. I've had. I actually had to. Like when I opened up my little notepad where I had movies ranked, I realized that I had it done before The Last Jedi came out, so I had to add that in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that we had a whole year to prepare and we still managed to miss our expected date. Of
1: Yeah, me- but I mean, we had technical issues, internet yeah. issues, and we both weren't feeling the best.
0: No, no. Uh I already uh, well, for starters, uh this is my second podcast recording of the day. Me and Mitchell just finished up Final Form and I'm hoping to get both episodes out today, so it should be like a double feature, if you will. But uh before I left to go to nice Saint... What? Double
1: feature <laughs> nothing <laughs> just saying some
0: some Rocky horror. Rocky horror. Yeah. Uh Before me and Mitchell, uh, sorry, no, Mitchell didn't go on a trip with me. Uh, Before I went to St. John's like two weeks ago, uh, me and Mitchell were supposed to record the night before, and an hour before our recording time, I got a head cold, and uh, that lasted up until even last week when me and you tried to record. Uh, Stuck around for a while.
1: Yeah, I'm still kind of getting over the tail end of my head cold yeah. as well.
0: Fucking sucks. A little
1: congested, sore throat, but nothing I can't work with.
0: But, uh, just last week was May the 4th, Star Wars Day. Uh, a yep. week a week before that was Avengers Infinity War, me and you both saw that, we're going to review that at the tail end of this episode. Uh, so, yep. there will be some spoilers, but you've got all kinds of time, we're going to give you all kinds of warning before we get into that. Uh, yep. And I mean, we're only like two weeks out from Solo, a Star Wars story.
1: And We're only about a week out from Deadpool
0: 2. Oh my god. Have you seen the new poster? Uh,
1: I did. From the studios that killed Wolverine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've been doing really well with avoiding trailers, but I mean, I went to see two movies in St. John's, so I've seen all the trailers now. I'm very caught up on Deadpool 2 and Solo, and they look fucking great.
1: Did you see the music video with Celine Dion?
0: Yes, I did. For ashes? Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, it's it's a fun time if you're a geek. Yeah. It's
1: we're
0: we're living in probably the golden age of geekdom.
1: Yeah.
0: So let's jump into. Our Star Wars episode, it's, I mean, if, if you don't know Star Wars and you ended up on the 33rd episode of a podcast called Jedi Dropouts, someone gave you bad directions at some point. Yep. I don't know where you meant to be, uh, but maybe stay a while. Who knows? You might enjoy it.
1: Uh, I mean, it's better to get bad directions and end up here than end up in, like, the hills have eyes.
0: That is true. We are not Mutated rednecks uh, Hellbent on Killing you and torturing you Uh,
1: I mean we do Resort to cannibalism from time to time From time
0: to time Uh, And I've got this weird thing On my toe so I mean that's kind of a mutation But like it's pretty minor (laughs) Yeah Uh, We put a call out uh, It feels like forever ago now for the star wars mailbag yeah. uh, we got a couple questions but they're excellent excellent questions um do you want to hop any
1: of them are star trek related i will find you
0: <laughs> uh oh i should i should have done that uh, now i regret it um well, let's let's hop right into it. Let's go into the mailbag. Uh, it's been too long since we got to record one of these, which means it's been too long since we did a mailbag. Yep. Yeah. Uh, first off, my final form co-host Mitchell Clark wants to know why do you think Chewbacca didn't get a medal at the end of A New Hope. <laughs> Which
1: that's a good
0: one. It is a good one. Uh, it's a grievance of many Star Wars fans. If I mean, if you haven't seen the first Star Wars, I don't know who you are. But I guess I'll explain that at the end of the day, when the heroes save the day, uh, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, both get their medals, and Chewbacca gets to stand next to them and not get one. Uh, Racist. My my guess, my like logical guess here is that Peter Mayhew was way too tall for them to feasibly have Carrie Fisher put the metal around his neck.
1: So they could have had him kneel.
0: I guess but I don't know. I I'm sure I'm sure it was probably just a height, like, technical issue and fitting it into the frame properly.
1: Yeah.
0: But It's funnier to think of something else Like I don't know Uh, I have no idea
1: Excuse me But I mean How often throughout The Star Wars franchise Do you have people be like That big walking carpet And like People have to be like Wookiees are smarter than they appear Watch what you're saying Or he'll rip your arms out of your sockets, like Yep They're an entire race It's not like You know Chewbacca Is the Only It's not like he's Sasquatch The only one ever Pimping around All over the place Like You know Kashyyyk was full of them Yeah But yet, So many people You run into Throughout the universe Think that You know Wookiees are just these Big dumb animals Yeah So, I don't know, maybe that negligence kind of played into why he didn't get a medal.
0: Yeah, you have an actual point there. I mean, there is a lot of uh, sort of scoffing towards Chewbacca as a Wookiee by characters. So, maybe whoever was involved in the medal ceremony, whoever made that decision, uh, did have some bias there
1: maybe
0: that is possible or yeah. maybe maybe han and luke were so convincing as stormtroopers that somehow they actually thought chewbacca was some sort of criminal that they, <laughs> they couldn't actually award a medal to i don't know <laughs> i don't, i who knows who knows star wars politics man
1: yep um
0: uh, got one more question here uh my friend Will Sullivan wants to know if you could interview any Star Wars character, who would it be?
1: If I could interview a Star Wars character? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about the character, not the actor.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Huh. Which first while
1: st- I brainstorm this one you could go ahead and yeah. answer
0: it. For starters, like There's a lot of characters that would seem fun, but then you realize there's a language barrier because they speak an alien language. So
1: Yeah, but that's when you get C-3PO to translate.
0: Oh. C-3PO would be fun. Like, he's a bit of a stickler, but he's interesting. You could kind of troll him a little bit. Uh, Yeah. uh, uh, I gotta say Lando. I want to know... Like, <laughs> I want to know where he's been. I-, I feel like he has some stories to tell. Uh, yeah, I'd I go- I'd probably go Lando. I feel like that'd make a good interview.
1: Uh, As long as I had someone to translate, I would probably say R2.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. So th- that'd be sort of a package deal. Oh, yeah. He's been there for everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Plus, like, through the way of translating, you kind of get two characters. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, R2 has been there since episode one. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got... Everyone, Everything that happened, like, through the first three episodes, plus um, anything that was canon in, like, the animation, plus, like, everything that happened between episode three and episode four.
0: Yeah, exactly, which is a pretty big gap. Yeah. And then everything that happened between episodes six and seven. Hmm, yeah.
1: I mean, oh, up until he shut himself down. Yeah. But well, I mean, yeah, like, there's a lot of gaps I'd like R2 to fill in.
0: He'd be the one to do it. Yeah? Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a good answer. I'm totally on board for that.
1: I mean, like, C-3PO's, like, saying to him sometimes, like, Whoa, you watch language. <laughs> yeah, like he seems really saucy, and I think that would be hilarious.
0: Yeah, you know, if, if you could get the trans, if you could get the translating right, and it not to uh, take too long to translate over, he'd be a good guest for this podcast. Uh, oh my god! Because this is one of the ones where he could really let loose with what he wants to say, not be held yep. back by radio standards. <laughs> Uh, speaking of. I just thought about this with Lando. Uh, I don't know if you happen to catch this anytime you've been to a, a movie recently, but when I went to the theater in St. John's, they had this little. Uh, this little piece in the. Like, before the previews with Donald Glover showing you around uh, the Millennium Falcon set.
1: You know what? I. The first of two times I went to see Infinity War, yep, they had that, but it was a sold out theater, and technically the previews hadn't started yet because the lights were still on and the curtains hadn't like adjusted to their like one eighth way down the. Oh yeah. Screen and so everyone was still talking. Okay. And I couldn't hear a damn word he was saying, and, like, people were still, like, getting off and going to the washroom in front of me and, like, yeah. going to get their popcorn, and so I couldn't see, like, a quarter of it, and I couldn't hear any of it. Okay. And I was robbed.
0: You saw the movie that on... F- I would to see. That would have been on a Friday showing?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, see, I went Sunday, so I think I had a quieter crowd. Yeah. I, I, it was a really cool little piece, and it was like, like, number one, I love Donald Glover and everything he does. Uh, yeah. And yes, I'm one of the, the many obsessed with his new music video. It's incredible. Uh, but I really enjoyed seeing him showing around, and he was putting on a bit of a Lando persona, which was cool. But also, just seeing the inside of their Millennium Falcon set it almost made you feel like he was actually in the ship and it was really cool I really enjoyed it yeah I don't know I'm excited for that movie I gotta say
1: uh, oh I, I'm <laughs> definitely gonna see that movie the first chance I guess
0: that's another one I really hope I can get in to see Maybe I can find a time to get somewhere while Deadpool Two and Solo are both playing. Maybe one can dream. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the mailbag. But I do have one more question here that's been part of sure. the episode layout here ever since we talked about doing this. Uh, we've got to answer the question—the biggest question in Star Wars history: Who shot first? We got, you gotta, you gotta answer it, man. Uh, uh, Greedo. Greedo?
1: Yeah.
0: What, any, any reasoning, or?
1: Because there's a part of me that wants Pon Solo to have access to the Force, and just not know it and where he's kind of like in denial about the force being a thing. But I mean, there's no way Ben got to be as strong as Kylo is with only one parent passing on, you know, use of the force to him. Yeah. So I kind of want to believe that Han had access to the force and he just was super in denial about it. And when Greedo shot first, his instinct kicked in and he kind of used the force unknowingly to push the shot aside so it didn't kill him.
0: That is a much geekier answer than me. Uh, We should probably preface this one, I mean... I feel like most people are going to know what we're talking about, but in the event that they don't, uh, in the original cut of the movie, uh, the original Star Wars, there was the one shot in in the scene, Han shot Greedo. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: And then when they did the recuts and added a bunch of stuff, there was two shots, Greedo shooting and missing and Han shooting and killing Greedo. And there's been a lot of debate over the years as to who shot first. Feel like everybody knew it, but you know, you just might as well throw it in there. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple answers here. Uh, I went much less geeky <laughs> here. I said Greedo because uh, if all of the cgi bullshit that george lucas added has to be canon then so does greedo shooting and you can't you can't just uh nitpick if like if if we have to deal with all of uh, some of these things then we have to deal with all of it yeah Uh, but honestly when you really think about it the person who started this shit was obi-wan because if obi-wan didn't lose his shit, cut off a guy's arm over literally nothing, (laughs) over, like, someone getting a little too touchy at the bar, then nobody would have shot because Obi-Wan kind of just set the bar by literally slicing a dude's arm off and everyone being okay with it, at which point Han and Greedo were like, well, I guess you can get away with anything here. Obi Wan shot first, um, and now we have a third answer here. Uh, I've been hiding this from you since last year. We have a spe- oh, we have a special guest answer. Uh, oh, from Mark Bernardin. I uh, I asked him this on Twitter, and he answered it. Uh, yeah, I got I got a special guest answer. He has no idea it's on a podcast, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask me anything, and I was like, "This is a good chance to uh, get a special guest answer." And and of course, he he blew both our answers out of the water. Who shot first? Mark Bernardin says George Lucas shot first. Which nice. yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted pretty, to surprise sure. you with that, so I, I kept it uh, quiet for a year.
1: <laughs> kept it tucked away.
0: Yeah, just just tucked away there. Well, that's all the uh, the pregame, I guess. The um, it's all the foreplay of our Star Wars. Of course, I mean the main the main thing we have to do here is we have to rank. The Star Wars movies. Yep, we gotta rank them. All nine. Is that right? Is it the right number? Yeah. Yeah. Ten very shortly, and there's like another fucking seven or eight in the works, I believe. Uh, how you want to do this? How we gonna? How we gonna do it?
1: You go 9 to 1, then I'll go 9 to 1, and then we'll debate.
0: Okay. Hmm. Um. Let me see. I want to say this without sounding like an asshole. (laughs) But I want to be honest. 7 through 9, I am not sure. They're, They're the prequels, in some order... I don't really have a definite order. Because I don't like any of those movies. And I know it's... Uh, everybody and their mother hates the prequels. It's There's nothing cool or original about that opinion. I just don't really like them. And I dislike them all for different reasons. So I'd probably go... Episode 1, 9. Episode 2, 8. Episode 3, 7. Maybe. But... There's, They could go in any order there. Uh, then there's a huge jump for me from movies I don't like that I probably won't watch again to the rest of them I think are all fantastic. Uh, my order would be uh, number 6, Rogue One. Number 5, oh, sorry, what'd you say?
1: I'm just following along and marking on my list where Um, you've ranked everything.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, Number five, uh, Return of the Jedi. Number four, The Force Awakens. Number three, The Last Jedi. Number two, The Empire Strikes Back. And number one, A New Hope. Which, when I originally made the list that was very easy to make uh i always liked episode one over uh, sorry episode four over episode five but it's getting a lot harder and a lot closer i'm like uh, empire strikes back is starting to overtake a new hope for me so yeah that's what okay. that's my order you say yours and then we'll go through the movies
1: For the order of the prequel trilogy. And so number nine, I said Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Um it was just a weak movie. Yeah. Beginning and end, it was weak. Um Plus, you know, like I was so excited to see, like Anakin become Vader and yeah. then
0: they just turned it into Oh, yeah. Um...
1: And like that's one of the few Star Wars movies Emily has watched with me. Like, my girlfriend has seen that one and like Rogue One, Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. Okay. And she still references the birth of Luke and Leia with um, Padme as, like, the weakest movie death she's ever seen.
0: Yeah, you know, when you think about it, for as and at uh, such an advanced and um, technologically like scientific even uh, society, the fact that someone just naturally dies in childbirth is a little hard to understand.
1: Well, she didn't die from the childbirth, she died from a broken heart, which means that bitch gave up on her kids.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the prequels. I try and put it out of my mind a little bit. Uh,
1: yeah, they actually said she died of a broken heart. Uh,
0: God damn it. God damn it, George Lucas.
1: Yeah. And, funny enough, I actually had to bring up... Oh, um... As we were getting ready for Infinity War, I was rewatching all the MCU movies in order, and one of the few that Emily actually watched with me was Thor Two. Okay. And the part like where she was all like she had the ether in her, and she's all like, "Uh, seems like she might die," and everything like. We're sat on the couch and Emily looks at me, she was like, This like this is almost as bad as when Mrs. died at the end of that Star Wars movie. And I <laughs> lost it laughing. And she was like, What it is I said, I know, but it's the same actress.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: she didn't even realize that it was also Natalie Portman <laughs> until I told her. But she said that both of those like scenes where she was like dying or very near death were super weak performances.
0: That's funny as shit.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that that's why I think Revenge of the Sith is the worst.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, I um my 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 yeah. point with the prequels is I won't disagree with anyone saying that any of those movies is the best or worst. Because, like, okay, I'm just going to quickly say this. Episode 1, Phantom Menace, I think is the cringiest. It make it brings me the most pain while I'm watching it. Yeah. Uh, episode 2, I find to just be the, the most boring. Like, I get bored watching that one. And episode 3 I find to have the absolute fucking worst dialogue. Yeah. So it really is just like I don't know, It's pick-
1: like your dog lays 3 turds on the lawn and you have to pick your favorite.
0: Yeah, one one's a little too soft, one stinks the worst and one's the biggest. I mean, pick your poison, yep. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. That's just that's just my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, for number
1: eight, I said Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, the reason why I put this over Episode Three is just because of Jango Fett and Boba Fett. Okay. Yeah. I like that it gave us a bit more of Boba Fett's origin, and Jango Fett was kind of cool. But that was, like, the only real redeeming factor that movie had for me.
0: Yeah. I get it.
1: So, whereas, like, Episode 3, like, is a flat zero in, like, things I like about it, Attack of the Clones is maybe at, like, a one or a two.
0: Yeah.
1: And then number seven I have The Phantom Menace simply because Dark Maul. If Dark Maul was not in this movie I would have excluded it from the list. The one thing that made this movie better than episode three was Dark Maul. Yeah. Dark Maul is Hands down, one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. And it pains me that the only live-action he's been in is probably the worst Star Wars movie.
0: Yeah. That's the thing about Phantom Menace. It has so much potential, but then it it does everything in its power to just shoot itself in the foot.
1: I mean, like, the pod racing game... For N64 was decent so I guess we got that from this lump of poo but
0: yeah and the last time I watched it which I didn't I got maybe like halfway through the movie before I just had to shut it off um uh, the pod racing was better than I remembered like yeah I was watching it and I was like this isn't a bad scene And then it kept going. And (laughs) that pod racing scene is about ten minutes too long. Like, it's just unnecessary. Yeah. And also... I
1: mean, like, didn't that Jake Lloyd kid who played Anakin grow up to be, like, a meth head or something?
0: Not a meth head, no. He just really hates Star Wars. He grew up to be a very, very angry man because Star Wars kind of ruined his life.
1: Well, there you
0: go. Yeah, like I'm, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he did myth, but
1: I don't know. I just remember seeing him in a mugshot.
0: Oh yeah, no, he he looks rough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like, I think Star Wars has made my life better, but this dude was only attached to the Phantom Menace, and it ruined his life.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. So. I think that's enough said on
0: those three. Wait, one more thing. Also, why'd they spend literally, like, I would say a good 45 minutes of this movie on pod racing and on Anakin being a pilot and pilot this, I'm the best, and then Anakin's story never goes anywhere towards piloting. Like, sure, Darth Vader pilots a TIE fighter a bit, but, like, they don't talk about it. They never talk about Anakin or Darth Vader as being this great pilot. So why spend most of a movie on it?
1: Because it was something different that they thought they could sell.
0: Oh, yeah. They they sold toys and games. Okay, there you go. I get it.
1: Yep. Merchandising. It's That's the, why they spent so the, long on it.
0: It's the Transformers, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles syndrome.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, we're done with anyway, we're done with the prequels.
1: Getting to the actual good Star Wars. Movie. There we go. <laughs> um number 6 I said a new hope. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's not because I dislike the movie. I I love it. Yeah. I just I don't know. I like the others more. Fair enough. Uh, number five, I said Rogue One.
0: Okay, yep.
1: Um, Some of the CGI, like with Tarkin and stuff like that, like it is a little weak, but I really enjoyed... A lot of the new characters, even though they all die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the only reason I have Rogue One as six is I thought it was a fantastic movie, but it was sort of the least Star Warsy movie of the bunch.
1: That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's I mean, not. Star Wars, being Star Wars, and that was kind of refreshing.
0: Yeah, oh absolutely But when ranking them amongst the Star Wars movies I I don't know, it's just If I'm going to go sit down and watch a Star Wars movie I want something that feels like a Star Wars movie Rogue One is the kind of thing I would sit down and watch And I was just looking for something a little different And there's nothing wrong with it But in terms of ranking Star Wars movies I don't know, it doesn't go as high for me That's, That's all
1: but like Donnie Yen's character was so good oh, and he was. like his friend who I can't remember his name like I loved their relationship. Yep. Um
0: Force Whitaker was fun.
1: Yeah, Forrest Whitaker as Sagara, like yeah, and Sagra like that was great. Um the Vader scene at the end.
0: Oh, that was so good.
1: Like I still Like, when I saw it in theater, when everything went dark and you could just hear, like, the breathing, and then the lightsaber lit up, like, all the hairs on my body stood up. And that scene today still gives me those same chills, like, that same feeling of excitement. And Um, I think that's really what did it for me. Like, the movie as a whole is good but there's no scene in A New Hope that gives me that feeling that the Vader scene at the end of Rogue One does and I think that was the deciding factor in which one was number five and which one was number six for me
0: yeah I get it
1: uh number four The Last Jedi yep um it may be higher on my list, but I need to rewatch it.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen it since the theater. Yep. Which has been a while now, so I really need to rewatch this movie. It could bump it up a little bit on my list. It might not. I just, I just remember I really, really enjoyed it, but I felt. Putting it at number four, kind of midway through the good Star Wars movies, was a very conservative, safe bet. Yeah. Uh, number three, I said "The Empire Strikes Back."
0: Wow. Okay. You got a yeah. you got an interesting list going on here.
1: Number two, I said "Return of the Jedi." Mm-hmm. And number one, I said "The Force Awakens."
0: That's a good list. Yeah. Yeah. That's the list. I know the
1: whole Empire and Jedi thing, like, is pretty debated as to, like, which one's better, because a lot of people say Empire's better than Jedi. Yeah. And I can definitely see where they're coming from, but when I was a kid, like, growing up in the 90s, um... I had the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS and I watched them all quite a bit but Jedi was the one I watched the most okay and like that's when like me as a kid like I wanted to be Luke Skywalker yeah and so like Seeing Luke finally, you know, win Vader over and, like, saving Han from Jabba, like, as a kid who wanted to be Luke Skywalker, this was the movie. Yeah. Because it didn't end in the person I wanted to be, you know, being all banged up, hand chopped off. Like, Luke is victorious many times throughout this movie. And, yeah, that's why I always had more of an attachment to Jedi than Empire. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and, well, The Force Awakens was just a fantastic movie.
0: Yeah, it is. The, the thing about The Force Awakens that is just so impressive, and I've said it, time and time again I don't know if I've said it on the podcast but I'll say it again the target for this movie was so small uh, and they nailed it like to to make a movie that perfectly continues a storyline that hasn't been around for my god what was it uh, 30 years is that right uh roughly mid uh, yeah yeah around 30 years roughly give or take um to pick up that story perfectly to introduce new characters that everyone loves that feel like they belong there to bring back your old classics uh to bring back old fans bring in new fans appeal to kids have it look modern, but look like it's set in the same universe as the old movies. Like, there were a million and one things this movie had to do right, and they did all of it. Yep. It's it's mind-blowing the, what they pulled off with that movie.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of the people complaining about The Last Jedi are just contrarians. Yeah. Like, some people are never going to be happy with anything. No. Like, no matter what kind of movie you give them, they're going to have their expectations so high that they're going to find flaws in it regardless. And I think that's what happened with The Last Jedi. So many people went into it with, like, their mind made up about things in the Star Wars universe and that way there's they were impossible to please
0: yeah no absolutely um, let me see I want to quickly run through just a couple of reasons why I have stuff where it is oh giver. her uh, Rogue One I already touched on um, so something Mark Bernardin said, uh, to bring up Mark Bernardin again, which he comes up a lot, uh, he said something that it wasn't so much, um uh, he said something that changed the way I looked at the Star Wars movies, but... It was something I could never fully put into words, even though I always thought and felt it. And that is, uh, when talking about The Last Jedi, he said that the Star Wars movies are less about the story and the narrative, and more about finding ways to string together these bigger-than-life moments. Uh, So, these huge scenes that... Uh, are th- some of the biggest cinematic moments in history, and and that's what makes a great Star Wars movie. And I have to agree, which is entirely why A New Hope is my number one, because every single scene in that movie is an iconic moment. Like, yeah. I can't think of a a scene in that movie that hasn't been quoted or referenced. 100 times over it's it's almost to the point of like uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail it's just the entire movie is quotable uh, what, but Empire Strikes Back is a close second for me it's, it's more emotional uh, darker more brutal but it also has those big moments it's like they're just both very iconic Return of the Jedi, having it fifth is no insult to the movie. It's a great movie. It's just my least favorite of the three. I've already said exactly why The Force Awakens is above it. And I I just thought The Last Jedi was a very gutsy move. Like, a really bold choice of a movie to make. And... uh, I I watched it again just the other day and it holds up. Uh, fuck, these are good movies. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, I might as well acknowledge I'm making supper uh, for later, so you might hear some ticking of the oven in the background. <laughs> It wouldn't be a Jedi dropouts episode without background noise from something or another. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know where to go with these, man. Like, uh, you have any uh, any standout characters you want to talk about? Like, oh, here's one. Here's one. What's your favorite Star Wars? Uh, just sort of background character. Like, not a, not a major character, but a character that shows up that you have a weird thing, like a weird affinity for. Um,
1: let's see. That little pet thing Jabba has, that's like pecking out C-3PO's eye.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, the he
1: was kind of funny. Um
0: is it is it Salacious Crumb?
1: I'm not sure.
0: Um It's like the little uh, the little monkey lizard? Yeah. Yeah, Salacious B. crumb. I I am really proud that I remembered that name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um when I played the pod racing game, I usually use the character Mars Guo. Okay. Who is barely seen in episode one. Like, it shows him, like, once, maybe twice. Nice. Like, for, like, a split second. Like, once as it's, like, introducing a bunch of the racers, and, like, once when it's showing him Crash, I believe. <laughs> but... For some reason, that was always the character I was best with in the pod racing game. So, after, like, the pod racing game came out and I got good at it, every time I'd watch episode one, he'd show up, I'd kind of like, ah, there he is! Nice. There's my guy. <laughs> so, those are probably two characters I'd pick. Uh,
0: I've always had a thing for Nine Numb. Like... I guess he's more of a major character. I mean, he co-pilots the Millennium Falcon in Return of the Jedi. But, uh... Yeah. I don't know. I like I like the history when you read about how he was just sort of an extra puppet they had. And George Lucas decided at the last minute, no, he's going to be a co-pilot. And, uh... Yeah. They called... They, they named him Nine Numb because that's German for number nine and it was puppet number nine. So they just turned that into a, a weird space name. I don't know. I always like nine num, and uh, a lot of the like the random rebel pilots like um, Porkins and and Wedge and those guys. Yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoy that whole. Th- I, that's what I like about Star Wars. It's such a huge universe, and like, you get these little characters that show up that are so detailed and. You don't get any of their background information, even though it does exist. Like, um... Like the character Simon Pegg played in Force Awakens. With the, um... The rations. That guy. uh, The big guy who who, uh, buys junk off of Rey... We don't get really any of his story at all, other than he's an asshole who gives out all the portions. And I don't it's just, it's just interesting. It's always fascinating to see that shit. Um.
1: Something else Star Wars related I was gonna say. Oh, um of the casting for Solo like the guy who's actually playing Han Solo
0: after seeing the trailer I'm totally on board
1: after seeing the trailer I think he's going to do a good performance but when I look at him I don't see a younger version of Harrison Ford I see a younger version of Benicio Del Toro
0: I can see that like I don't I don't look at him and see a young Harrison Ford but I do look at him talking and his mannerisms and I do see Han Solo. Like I can believe it is the same character which I thought was going to be maybe the biggest issue. But I'm I'm totally in on it.
1: Yeah. Um I kind of wanted to see uh, Grant Gustin from CW's The Flash. Oh, yeah? As Harrison Ford, or as Han Solo.
0: I could see that. I could buy or that, it's... yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of other guys on, like, uh, in talks to play young Han Solo, I believe, when the casting was going around. I can't remember all of them but uh i think uh what's the guy's name from baby driver that guy uh oh my god it's i forget he's got a weird name
1: um
0: yeah that's the guy i think he was in talks at a point cool which i could have i could have got behind that oh here we go here's the list the list the short list was uh, miles Teller, Ansel Elgort Dave Franco, Jack Rayner Scott Eastwood, Logan Lerman, Emery Cohen and Blake Jenner. I don't know those last couple Oh Taron Edgerton was in on it from Kingsman I could get behind that because I like that guy and everything. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, interesting list. I, I don't see, as of right now, without having seen the movie, I see nothing around with the casting. But, time will tell. Yeah. And, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see the future here with Star Wars with, uh, episode 9 coming next year. Uh, apparently Ryan Johnson working on a trilogy uh, the live-action TV series they've got planned and wasn't there some uh, oh yeah the uh, the guys from Game of Thrones are doing a trilogy as well So yeah,
1: it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan.
0: It really is. Oh, oh, one more. Do you have a favorite Star Wars video game?
1: Favorite Star Wars video game? Yeah. Um, I haven't played much of the Battlefront series. Yeah. Um, the the ones I've played the most are probably for the N64. Yeah. So, like, I did play Super Star Wars that was very difficult oh yeah um I did mention the pod racing game which I played a lot okay.
0: uh
1: what was the other one for the N64 the one where you played as what was the name Dash Rendar uh
0: are you thinking of Shadow of the Empire yeah yeah that's the one I remember the best
1: I I think I'd have to pick Shadow of the Empire.
0: That one stands out to me, too. Like, I never owned it, so if I happen to be at a friend's house who owned it, I, I got a bit in. I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but, like, it was a lot of fun. It, I mean, looking back, the graphics are pretty blocky and, and outdated, but at the time, it felt like, holy shit, I'm in the Star Wars universe. It
1: didn't age well, but for the time, it was amazing.
0: yeah. And the uh,
1: fact that, like, he had the jetpack that you could fly with, and, like, you got to pilot the Millennium Falcon and, like, fly around and shoot things, and mm-hmm. that whole hop level where you had to, like, actually, like, use the harpoons and trip them. and
0: Oh, yeah, that was that game, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, if I play a lot of the Battlegrounds ones, like, the newer... Star Wars games I might say them but they're just so pricey and not within my budget right now
0: yeah I hear you
1: so like yeah I never really got a chance to play them aside from like the one hour I spent playing one of them at your house like over Christmas like not last year but the year before
0: I think yeah uh we should probably acknowledge I guess neither one of us has ever played Knights of the Old Republic. No. Which is considered probably the best Star Wars game. Uh I've heard good things.
1: I I've heard very good things, but I've never played it myself.
0: No. I've got no experience there. Got the like you said, the old Super Star Wars hard as shit games. Uh the N sixty four games. And I haven't played the original Star Wars Battlefront games, but uh, and I haven't played the newest one, uh, Battlefront 2, I think it's called. But the yeah. Star Wars Battlefront yeah. re- remake they put out a few years ago is a lot of fun. Like, they didn't do a story mode, and that kind of brought the play time down a bit. But the graphics are almost identical to the original trilogy like nice. there are times where you're seeing a stormtrooper coming at you in the distance and you could believe that you're watching a star wars movie which is pretty cool uh i don't know that's just a fun little tangent i guess um uh, do we have any movies in the same spot any what, Do we have any of our movies in the same spot? I don't think we did, did we? No, we
1: didn't.
0: Not one. Um, so, what movie you've ranked the highest between us? Do we, we have a, an agreement on the best at all?
1: Uh, let me pull up my list again.
0: Let's let's crown a champion here.
1: Um.
0: I had New Hope number one. You had it like number six. six. Okay. Um,
1: we mutually rank the highest is probably Empire because you ranked at number two and I ranked at number three.
0: Okay, okay, we can, we can, we can crown Empire for now, as the as the Jedi dropouts uh, reigning Star Wars champion, I suppose. Yeah, that's not a bad one to pick, I guess.
1: If we're if we're doing the averages and yeah. you know adding our rankings together and dividing by two
0: yeah there you go
1: the champion
0: <laughs> oh shit we're bringing math into it that's stu- that's too star trek <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we got our star wars out of the way you want to get into some infinity war
1: oh do I
0: first of all I got a little question here to ask you before we even touch on the movie uh i thought this was really fun stan lee posted a question on twitter uh last week i don't know if he actually has the twitter account or if he has employees doing it who cares because he asked if you could possess any of the six infinity stones which would it be and why yeah uh like i don't know if i'd have without hmm. fighting people i don't know if i would really have much use for the power stone no
1: that's what i'm
0: saying um i the mind stone sounds too much like it could be corrupted
1: um reality would be an interesting one.
0: Oh yeah. Very. I feel like the most useful for good or for just for general purpose usage would be the time stone or the space stone. And honestly the space stone would be pretty cool just because the, the you can bring yourself anywhere which makes vacationing very cheap and affordable
1: (laughs) yeah honestly that's probably the one I would pick cause I mean like I've always wanted to be able to vamp around like Nightcrawler
0: yeah that's true
1: and that's probably the closest I would get yeah um if I had the Power Stone I'd just see like people trying to like get me to solve their fucking problems and like End wars and shit. Yeah. And then you just got, like, bullshit playing into that. Reality Stone, like... I don't know if you've ever hallucinated.
0: I don't... What? No.
1: Like, I I did when I got, like, really sick once. And also I had an adverse reaction to a medication. Oh. And, And... I, I don't like things like I don't know I, I don't enjoy hallucinating so things being weird and not like and being trippy and not how they're supposed to be even if I was the one controlling them like that would be I don't know I don't think I would enjoy the reality stone yeah space stone is probably what I would have to go with I, I wouldn't want the time stone because I feel like I would fuck something up.
0: Yeah, well, see the time stone, you'd you'd be obsessing over changing things, if you had yeah. if you had that option. Every time you'd make a mistake, or regret something, you'd go back and
1: exactly like you do it once, you're gonna be tempted to do it all the time.
0: Exactly, yeah. Space stone seems the. Like, like it would, it would be the best for, um, just, just for maintaining any sense of, uh, I don't know, goodness, I guess, like.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, Avengers Infinity War, we're gonna do, uh, sort of a light overview just general thoughts, and then we're gonna get into the spoiler territory. Um, so, did you like it?
1: <laughs> I loved it.
0: Yeah, me too. Like, I I know we 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 talked about the MCU extensively, and I'm not usually one for the team up movies. I'm more towards the the shoot movies. The Avengers movies don't do as much for me. But this is above and beyond the Avengers movies. In every way. Um, They manage to tie together everything. Every single movie... Comes into this. Like... I don't know how they did it. I have no idea how this movie exists. It's amazing. that
1: Like, trying to write a movie like this? I can't even imagine attempting.
0: Not, not only did they manage to take all previous 18 movies with their storylines and subplots and end credits and tie them together in this movie, but they made every single character... Sound like themselves, like, uh, for example, Defenders. To me, a lot of the characters didn't sound like themselves because they didn't have their original writers doing the writing.
1: Yeah,
0: but everybody was perfectly on point here. Um, I mean, Scarlet Witch kind of lost her accent, I guess, but that's that's besides the point. <laughs>
1: bit of her accent, but it it was fading a bit.
0: It was sort of inconsistent. Um, Anyway, that's that's a minor, minor gripe. I had a fucking time here. Um, Maybe even shed a tear at the end here. Um,
1: Yep.
0: It is both the most serious and highest stakes uh, Marvel movie yet, and definitely the most grim, but it still maintains the sense of humor that you would get from Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Ragnarok. Exactly. It is the perfect blending of the two, and they managed to make all these movies finally feel like they're all one like cohesive unit like guardians of the galaxy felt so different than say uh, Black Panther or winter soldier but you get them in the same yeah. place and they just they go hand in hand and it works so well uh, trying to think of what else to touch on with without giving spoilers here Um I really, really, really liked the different team-ups they did. That was so much fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, special shout-outs to Thor and Rocket Raccoon. They were a good team.
1: Yeah, Groot didn't really add much to that team until the end there.
0: Yeah, yeah but he's team Groot right now. He doesn't really give a shit. Um, Yeah, he's just angsty. Yeah, which was fun. Um, having Spider Man and Doctor Strange in the same place was a lot of fun. There were so many good little team ups that, like, just micro team ups that were fun. I really enjoyed a lot of that. I think I think that should be it. Uh, go see this movie we're uh, if you if you care about spoilers if you don't want to hear spoilers if you want to see this movie then this will be the, this will be the exit you can uh, you know, thanks for listening all that stuff this you can consider this the end of the episode i guess
1: yes
0: um uh, sayonara uh, really you
1: are a half Gel turtle power
0: yeah exactly And, uh, yeah, just go see the movie. It's, and I understand, like, the the reason I want to put this, this sort of space here is because I live in a small town without a movie theater, and there are many times where I don't get to see a movie until half a year after it comes out. So I understand you don't always get the opportunity, and you should still get the full effect without having spoilers, even though it's kind of hard with the, with the internet. And all. Uh.
1: Yeah, the internet sucks.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going into spoiler territory. Thanks for listening. Spoilers in. Three, two, one. Okay. Blast off. Blast off. If you're still with us, I guess you've either seen the movie or you don't give a shit. Uh. Exactly. Which is fine. Uh. That fucking ending, holy shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh my god. So,
1: I'm not sure if I cried more or less the second time I saw it.
0: Oh my god, man. Spider-Man absolutely destroyed me. Like, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely fucking destroyed me. Uh, If you're listening and haven't seen the movie, I guess if you want spoilers, they killed everybody like pretty not everybody most half of them <laughs> uh
1: yes and I, I was trying to see like if there was a pattern in who disappeared and I was at first I was like huh so they left just about everyone from phase one
0: mhm
1: plus rocket
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh after the movie, me and Charlotte were discussing it and saying maybe the people that are left are the ones who are gonna die. And I don't think that either, just because Rocket is there, I don't think they'll kill Rocket off. No. Um
1: Uh-oh. also that being said. been doing the whole thing where it's like Rocket like people calling Rocket out being like you act hard you act tough but I know you love these people I know you care about people type thing yeah so how hard would it hit people if Rocket sacrificed himself
0: oh my god don't do it to me Don't do it to me. (laughs) Man.
1: Because they've mentioned... They've called Rocket out a couple times for, you know, putting up um, tough guy front.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's really... Like, it's really hard to say.
1: Uh... But then um, Hulk would have to die yeah um Rhodey would have to die
0: yeah but I don't know how like that's possible I mean this this major arc this whole Thanos arc they've been working towards basically since Avengers is is wrapping up yeah the only one that throws it off for me really is Rocket
1: People were being like, "Why did Doctor Strange give Thanos the Space Stone in exchange for Tony's life?" And he looked into the future and he saw all possible outcomes. Yeah. And he said that there was only one where they won.
0: Yep. And then he...
1: and he got Thanos to spare Tony's life in exchange for the stone. So I think when he looked forward in the future, he saw that Tony was instrumental in defeating Thanos.
0: Yep. Uh, My best guess here, like, um, this is what I'm expecting. Uh. I'm expecting that everyone who "quote unquote" died at the end of Infinity War will be saved or brought back. However, it works. I don't. I cannot figure out exactly. Like, maybe they're dead. Maybe they're in a different timeline. Maybe they're in the Soul Stone. Whatever.
1: I think they're all in Soul Stone.
0: That makes it makes sense to me. Uh, I think that however they figure out, they can save them. I think Cap and Iron Man are both going down in the process. I think it's gonna I think, so. I think they're gonna have I to have sacrifice to themselves up. together. Uh that's my it's my guess there. It would it would be a fitting conclusion. It would be an out for Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Uh So Man, can you think of a villain in an MCU movie as good as Thanos in this movie?
1: To date? No. Yeah. Nowhere close.
0: Not even, like, he's the main character. The movie is about Thanos.
1: Yeah. At the end, at the very end, like, most of the MCU movies, it is said, like, Thor will return in, Captain America will return in, this one, it said Thanos will return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we're already in spoiler territory so I'm just going to go ahead and say this like before the title of the movie even rolls the dude has two infinity stones he's killed Han and Loki and he's laid such a beating on the Hulk that he's Banner for the rest of the movie and Hulk is Afraid to come out. Yeah. He has beaten fear into the Hulk.
0: Which was a pretty cool... uh, Sub... Plot. I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Like... That part of the movie... That early in... Like, I was... I was... Like, no Loki, no Han but... How easily he laid a beating on the Hulk almost hit like if I wasn't in a movie theater where I had to be like courteous to other people I would have been standing at that point just like in awe yeah like I was literally on the edge of my seat watching him pound the Hulk like that
0: like he's easily the most intimidating most imposing villain they've ever had he's, he's the biggest threat like yeah but, also, the uh, the Black Order, the Children of Thanos, they were really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, them alone are are uh, a worthy opponent to the Avengers. Yeah.
1: Um, like, I mean, the Avengers had a very hard time with them, and then at the very end, when they're like, ooh, like... Wiping the sweat from their brow, like "Who we we did it?" Then Thanos just like shows up and just like brushes everyone aside,
0: wrecks everything. Um,
1: like man, it it took a god to slow him down. Yeah, and he still wins.
0: Thor with his Stormbreaker. which was so cool and then it's such a build up and then he still brushes it off basically
1: yeah
0: which really kind of puts it into perspective Uh, Doctor Strange had some really really cool scenes in this movie Like, the Doctor Strange one-on-one fight with Thanos on Titan was one of my favorite fight scenes in a Marvel movie. For sure.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: Easily. Uh, and they finally kind of went full of magic with him. Which was really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean... Um, one thing that I found kind of cool... One of the spells he used during that fight, like, he's always been able to, like, have these little magic lashes, like the whip thing, like the orange sparky whip thing, but, like, that, like, red band that he uses to, like, kind of restrain Thanos, Yep. um can't remember the exact name of it. Um, The Bands of Sidorak or something like that. That's the same demon that imbues the Juggernaut with his power. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Nice. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, someone. Please. I'm always down to learn new things about comics, like educate me. But I'm pretty sure that that power has something to do with the demon Ciderac, who Juggernaut is the avatar of. Which, I mean, anything related to the Juggernaut in the MCU, I'm all about. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which would probably address something I've noticed a lot of people talking about online. Um, Star-Lord is taking a lot of flack for his emotional outburst yeah and a lot of people are saying like I've even seen articles saying that Star-Lord is the real villain of Infinity War which is a lot <laughs> um
1: yeah.
0: so I guess we'll set the scene in case you haven't seen it um uh, Gamora is killed which was a big shock um uh, Not entirely convinced that's permanent, but we'll see. Uh, She is sacrificed in order for Thanos to gain the Soul Stone. And Star-Lord finds this out while they're trying to execute a plan to take the gauntlet off of Thanos' hand. And he has an emotional outburst and basically fucks everything up and ruins the plan. And a lot of people, like, I've heard people say, like, He's the reason everybody died. He, uh, this isn't fitting of his character. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty fitting with his character. I think we've seen in the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies that he doesn't handle emotions well. No. At all.
1: I mean, he's an emotional guy who likes to play, he likes to downplay serious matters. Like, by hiding them under humor. Yeah. He just found out the woman he loves. Because this is really the first time, like, him and Gamora have said, I love you to each other. Yeah. And he just found out she's dead. And grief does not make people act rationally.
0: No, not at all.
1: So many people do so many irrational things in grief. Okay, let's look at the end of Civil War. This is 20 years after Tony's parents have died. He knows that it was not the Bucky that stood in front of him that did it, that he was, you know, under Hydra's mind control. And when he finds out that Bucky was the... Like, when he sees the footage of that incident, Tony acts irrationally, lets Zemo go, and attempts to kill Bucky, fighting off his best friend, and dismantling the Avengers. Yeah. Because of something that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. So why is that more acceptable than Star-Lord doing something completely irrational the moment he finds out that she died?
0: And I'll tell you another thing. Uh, I'll bring him up for the third time this episode. Mark Bernard in his review... He, yeah. st- he stated he didn't understand why all of a sudden we're supposed to accept Star-Lord and Gamora as these star-crossed lovers and whatnot. But I don't think that's exactly what the movie was doing. Like, they're not supposed to be this great romance or anything like that. They clearly have some feelings for each other. But I feel like that scenario would have played out exactly the same if it were any other guardian that had been killed. I feel oh, yeah. like... If
1: it, if it was Drax, like...
0: Yeah. I think I think it's more of like a familial bond. They have become a family. And he's already lost so much in terms of family. And he's an emotional guy. And I feel like that would have been his reaction if it was Drax, if it was Rocket, uh, Groot. Maybe, maybe even Mantis. Maybe to a lesser extent. But, I mean... You
1: take it back to earlier in the movie when the Guardians first meet Thor. Yep. And Thor's like talking to Gamora about like, you know, I lost my father and I had to, you know, my sister stabbed my eye out. And Quill kind of steps in and he's like, yeah, well, I lost my mother and then I had to, I had to kill my father because He's the reason my mother died. And yeah. Like, you know, like, earlier in the movie before that, he brings up all the loss he's had to deal with. Like, he lost his mother. He had to kill his father. Yep. Ego. Yep. And in the process of doing so, he lost Yandu, his father figure.
0: Yep. Like...
1: like the crew of his ship, like Rocket, Gamora, Drax, Groot, Mantis, they're the only family he has left. Yeah. So, if you're not, like, I think you're right. Like, if it was any of the other Guardians, I think Quill would have had a very strong emotional
0: response. Yeah. It Those movies are, are not about, like... When I say that I, I don't enjoy the team-up movies as much, the Guardians of the Galaxy aren't a team. They're a, they're a fucking family.
1: Yeah. And another part of that, too, like, she said to him, like, she said to Quill, if Thanos gets me, I want you to kill me so he can't get Soul Stone. And he tried. Yeah. Like, through tears, he tried to kill Gamora like she wanted. Yep. So Thanos wouldn't be able to get Soul Stone. But Thanos used reality stone to turn the shot from his gun into bubbles and then just takes Gamora. So, like, on top of that, when Peter finds out she's dead, how much of that is he blaming on himself? Yeah. So, like, that's even more reason for him to act irrationally. Like, he's not thinking clearly. No. Like, he's just... In front of him is just the reason why he has lost another member of his family. Probably blames a little bit of it on himself. And he just lashes out. Yeah. He's not thinking. He's reacting.
0: Yeah. I I don't and I don't get all the blame. As
1: much, so I was like, no, don't do that. I understood it. Yeah. I understood why it happened.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Doesn't I mean like I've suffered loss. Yeah. And I was not rational. No. Like my parents had to put me in grief counseling for a little bit. Like after tragedies and loss, like, like, how, like, that's why things like grief counselors exist. Exactly. Because people don't always handle those situations well. And it's kind of to be expected.
0: Yeah. It's, it would be, I, I wouldn't believe it if he acted rationally. If
1: I, he acted clear-headed in that situation. It kind of would have said to me that he's a bit of a psychopath.
0: Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it for a second. No. Uh, what else, man? This is a. There's a, so much happens in this movie. Um. <laughs>
1: while I was getting, like, emotional about the whole Scarlet Witch killing Vision thing. Yeah. I, like, as soon as that was happening, like, while she was doing it, like, shooting Vision with one hand, shooting at Thanos with the other, I knew the Mind Stone was going to blow up, and I was just sat there, like, quietly under my breath, saying to myself, I'm Climestone. Stone, stone.
0: <laughs> me too. <laughs> Except I was... I
1: knew exactly what was going to happen. And that got me really emotional too, because she was having to... Like, that's actual love. Yeah. Like, like, those two characters are actually in love. Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And so for her to have to, like, kill... Her lover, only for Thanos to undo it and then kill him again right in front of her. Yeah, like I felt for her so hard.
0: Oh yeah, i uh, I saw that one coming too, and I wasn't quietly. I was like, I was like, Charlotte was sat next to me, and I leaned over and I was like, "He's got the fucking time stone. He's got he's got the fucking time stone." And she's like, I don't know what that means. What's happening? <laughs> I just like out, yeah. out of out of context ramblings. Like, God damn it! Uh,
1: I'm glad you were on the same wavelength with that one, though. Yeah. If me were in the theater watching that movie for the first time together, instead of watching it with our significant others, like we would have been like grabbing at each other, being like Armstrong. <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> man. Uh what a what a movie though.
1: Oh my god, like I got emotional several times throughout this movie.
0: Yeah, I can see why.
1: Um the whole Loki Hondal thing got me a little emotional, not you know, yeah. never cried over that one. No. Um where everyone expected Tony Stark to die in this movie Yeah. when Like, Pepper was on the phone with him as he was getting on the Ebony Maw's ship. Yeah, and she was saying, "Tony, don't go, don't go, come back." And then the call dropped. I got a little choked up there because I was like, "No, like Tony's gonna die."
0: Yeah. Um. Uh,
1: When he got stabbed, I thought he was dying. So you know that affected me. The Scarlet Witch vision thing hit me. Uh, Gamora hit me but I I actually cried when uh, well it started when everyone started goofing away
0: yeah
1: uh, the Groot thing and Rocket was like when Rocket was like no Groot like then I like that's when the first tier started yeah but then as soon as I heard Peter go Mr. Stark? I was like, no.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you fuckers. Ugh.
1: On the drive home, Emily compared the end of that movie to, Tor- to Toy Story 3.
0: Oh, man. Toy Story 3 doesn't have shit on this.
1: Oh, I know. Uh, but, like, she was kind of right. She was like, you know, like, that movie hit me like Toy Story 3 did. And I was like, yep.
0: Man, you know me. I'm I'm a stone-cold killer. I don't cry for shit, but uh this this one it, it got a tear out of me, man. That sp- yep. and I like that Spider-Man scene has me choking up now a little bit. Uh, I know. Oh god, and damn it. Tom Holland, you fucker.
1: <laughs> Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. did that so well.
0: Especially after all of Civil War and Homecoming and Tony saying over and over again, I can't put you in danger. And then Peter Parker turning to Ash in his arms as he says, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. Fucking Christ, man. Like...
1: Oh my god! Like I'm getting emotional right now thinking about it. That
0: it it is fucking brutal.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah man, that's like opening of up sad. Like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Infinity War, man. Uh. And
1: then there was the post-credit scene.
0: Yes, fucking yes. Captain Marvel
1: yeah
0: man that's gonna be good too that's like it's less before than a year
1: I saw, okay before you saw like the Captain Marvel logo on the little cosmic pager thing who did you think it was who did you think he was sending out a message to I
0: actually I actually guessed this one right
1: I was hoping it was going to Hawkeye and then I was Super excited when I seen Captain Marvel.
0: The only reason I, I was I, I had it because, cause logically, Captain Marvel comes out before the next Avengers movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was like, that's probably where they're going with this setup, but I don't know how. Yeah. And then, then he took it the pager, and I wasn't sure exactly who he was paging, but I ended up being right there.
1: See, I knew Captain Marvel came out after this. But, my mind was like, okay, um, Hawkeye wasn't in this movie. Yeah. At all, like, they just mentioned that he's basically on house arrest with his family.
0: Same with Ant-Man.
1: Yeah. So, in my mind, um, it was like, okay, um those two Avengers weren't in this movie, um, Nick Fury is calling them up being like, yo, I know you're tied off at the moment with family and house arrest, but the rest of what's left of the team needs you to step up and fill a bit of the gap. Yeah. That's what I thought. And then, as soon as I seen the Captain Marvel logo, I was so excited. Like, I, I actually jumped. Of my seat. Nice. But two other things about that post credit scene. Nick Fury uh, turning to Ash just as he was about to say motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> perfect. That was perfect.
0: Absolutely perfect.
1: And as Maria Hill turned to Ash, I was sat there and I actually said, oh Ted Mosby gonna be pissed.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, Oh, oh! There was a really funny moment just in the movie theater I went to. Uh, so like, I mean, it was the weekend it came out, so obviously absolutely packed there, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I forget the joke they made. They made a a shot at Christianity. Um. Uh, ah. It was some it was some something Star Lord said, I, I think, about Jesus. I forget exactly oh, the
1: Um When Half the Guardians are encountering Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and Iron Man for the first time. And they said, um, what master do you serve or what master do you follow or something like that and Star-Lord was like what like Jesus?
0: Yeah (laughs) Uh, so when when that joke happened in the theater one guy in the audience just one guy apparently loved it so much that he yelled out god damn (laughs) and it, it it gave me a bit of a chuckle I enjoyed it quite a bit Because apparently that guy got a real kick out of it. (laughs) Uh, It was funny. Um,
1: Was um, In the theater behind us there were a couple kids and one kid knew a fair bit of shit about comics and I can't remember exactly what he was saying but he was trying to educate the other kids on certain things that were going on like During the credits he was saying, like, Well the reason this happens and And I I almost turned around to correct him on a few things and I was like, No, I'll I'll leave him be. Yeah. (laughs) But like he knew a surprising amount of shit, and I was like, Man, like this kid like probably only like thirteen and he knows way more about comics than I did when I was thirteen.
0: Well, I was, Knowledge like, part of me was
1: like, man, like, good on you, kid. Like, you know some shit. And I kind of just wanted to, like, add a few little corrections to what he was saying just so it would, you know, step up his game even more. Yeah. But I was like, no, he, he's close enough. I'll let this ride.
0: Well, knowledgeable preteen from the Infinity War audience. If you ever want a guest on the show, we could use a child genius. It'll... Use any kind of genius. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess that's a good, good place as any to, to wrap up.
1: <laughs> um, I know you said as good a place as any. Yeah. But right after us talking about, you know, insinuating that neither of us are genius, and because of the audio quality of our call at the moment. Yeah. It sounded kinda like you said, Well that's the goodest place
0: too. <laughs> yeah. It also is the goodest place. Um uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Uh both the Infinity War review and our Star Wars episode. Finally. Yep. Uh And I I guess uh, Tune in Next time Same place Same
1: bat time Same bat channel
0: Never No There's no same bat time Because we're the most Inconsistent (laughs) (laughs) The time being uh, I guess now Whenever Whenever that is Uh, Yeah be, as always, you can check out episodes Jedi Dropouts or the anime podcast I do with Mitchell Clark, Final Form, over at www.jedidropouts.popping.com or wherever, or, wherever where is what I just said. Wherever where you listen to your things. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, uh, if you haven't listened already, uh, double dose of episodes today, back-to-back double feature, Science fiction. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, uh, two episodes today. Should be an episode of Final Form. Episode of Jedi Dropouts that clearly you're listening to. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening.
1: And welcome to the dark side.
0: Until next time, uh, may the force be with you, and stay away from trash compactors. Yeah. Later. Peace.